Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 16 of the 2022 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And I'll tell you what, it's an exciting time in the pre-draft process. Why? The NFL Combine is next week. Lucas Oil Stadium, Indianapolis, Indiana. And episode 16 is all about getting you ready for next week's NFL Combine. Now look, I sat down with Joe DeLeon of the Believe Podcast Network, has a couple of awesome podcasts on the network, and if you haven't followed him yet on Twitter, make sure you do so, at Joe DeLeon. We took some time out to talk specifically about what to expect at next week's Combine. My guest this week is Joe DeLeon host of the NFL Draft Prospects podcast and the Believe in FCS football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow him at Joe DeLeon on Twitter. Thanks for taking some time to talk about the draft, Joe. Yeah, always excited to talk draft. That's what I've been saying this this whole week with all the, the spots that I've been hopping on. But we got the combine next week, which is the second big uh, event that happens with the draft cycle after the Senior Bowl. So Super excited to watch some dudes run around in their in their uh, <laughs> in their shorts next week. <laughs> and and you know that there are going to be plenty of storylines that we're going to be playing out over the next week. Are there any players in particular that you're most looking forward to seeing work out at the combine? Yeah, the, there's a lot of guys that I'm really excited to see how they're going to test. But for me, the one player that I keep pointing to that I, I want to see what he does because I know he's a freakish athlete is Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. This is a guy who's, who's 260 pounds. And I, I think the assumption when you see a heavy linebacker like that is that he's going to be lumbering, that he's going to be slow, but he's going to run, I think fairly well, maybe low four sixes, maybe a little bit faster than that. He's going to do really well in his jumps. But the one thing that I, I'm really intrigued by is what he's going to hit in the bench press. There's a video of him from when he was a, um, I want to say when he was a um, when he was a freshman in college or a sophomore in college, and he's r- knocking out uh, as many reps as he can on 225, and he got like f- over 40, and that was a couple of years ago. That's and he came on my show, and I think he said that something along the lines that he thinks he can do close to 50 now. That is insane. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of bench reps for a linebacker. He's not even a lineman; he's a linebacker. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, I think the record I want to say is 49 and you're talking, I think it was probably a defensive tackle if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, and those are those shorter arm guys repping that out. And I think, you know, Chanel's got some length to him, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not, it's not like he's short and stumpy too. He's, he's got length, he's got size, he's, he's got traits that you want. I think that Chanel is somebody who people know who he is and he's kind of in that middle clump of the, those, day two linebackers maybe somewhere like mid late day three or on uh, round three rather but I think when you get him separating himself physically he's going to to really start to move up the, these draft boards yeah and I think for me the guy that I'm most excited for is is Drake London and I may be a little biased I'm a USC alum so there, there's some bias there but uh, you know he's my wide receiver one and and I look at him you know, I think the leap that we saw in his game from last year to this past season uh, once he left the basketball team, focused solely on football. Um, you know, I, I thought he was a, we know about him being a beast with the contested catch. We know, you know, attacking the football, like a rebounder in basketball, the playmaking ability and physicality after the catch, but we got to see the improvement in a lot of his route running. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. and, and teams knew that London was USC's offense 
double digit targets every single game. And yet nobody could slow down that number 15. Now, now he's measuring in, in at 6'5", 210, which is a little bit light for his frame for a guy that size. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if he's going to weigh in at that 220 pound range. And then the concern of creating separation vertically, maybe, you know, in, in and out of his breaks as well. So I'm thinking, you know, if he can run sub four five, look explosive in those drills, to me, I'm thinking, you know, we can continue to kind of check some of those box off, boxes off on, on that Drake London front. Where are you um, in terms of, of Drake London with this wide receiver class? Yeah, Drake London, I, I really like his game. And, and it, it was a shame that he went down with the injury. And I, I'm curious to see what he actually does testing wise sure. this week because of, of dealing with the, you know, the, the broken ankle, I believe that it, it was that he's dealing with. But yeah. This receiver class, it, it's kind of a, a mixed bag on who's the number one player, but I think London has shown that he is worthy of that first-round discussion. The, the comp that I hear a lot, and I have to give some credit to my co-host, Brian Roberts, who who came up with this comparison, but he was the first that I heard say that he reminds him of Brandon Marshall. Tall, long, um, really good route runner, really good hands. Uh, I, I think that, that Drake London's going to have a really, really nice impact at the next level. And he might get pushed down a little bit because of that ankle issue and not getting the test because of some of these other smaller, shiftier guys like uh, Garrett Williams and uh, or Garrett Wilson and and Chris Olave and, and those guys and Traylon Burks who's on the bigger side. But I I, I am a big fan definitely of of uh, of London. And, and I think it's it's hard not to also talk about the, this O line group. And we already know we, we've seen the the videos uh, in social media. Evan Neal with that 48 inch box jump. Um, I saw uh, uh, the O line coach Duke Manyweather post that that vertical leap of uh, of Charles Cross. Um, we know Iki Aquanu is, is gonna is gonna test well, and, and Tyler Linderbaum is gonna put on a show. But who else from this O line group should we be paying attention to at the combine? Yeah, well, the the one and you hit on all the really freakish athletes, and there's some other guys too that that I. I think could draw some attention, but the one that's definitely going to turn heads and, and become a conversation point is Daniel Falele from uh, Minnesota. I, when I was traveling to the senior bowl, um, I was on the same flight as him to, from, I believe it was Dallas to, to mobile. And this was a tiny plane and I got to see him in person trying to fit into this tiny little seat. He's a massive dude. He's, he's gigantic, but the, the, the crazy thing with him is that he's probably going to test really well. He's probably going to have a crazy 40. He's probably going to have some some really good numbers. Not going to be at the top of the lists in terms of the, the, the best scores, but because he's so heavy, he's going to be like 390, 400 pounds or wherever he's at. He's going to test really crazy for a, a man of that size. But I think Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, too, is an interesting player to see. And I, I want to see how athletically he matches up because compared to – Icky Aquanu and Charles Cross and Evan Neal, who are considered to be these athletic freaks. I don't think he's as athletic as those guys, but he's really a hard-nosed, aggressive kid, and that's how he's established him and set the tone for himself. Can he at least compare to maybe the middle of the pack of this offensive line group athletically? Sure. I, I think another guy that I'm, I'm excited about is, uh, you know, Bernard uh, uh, Raymond out, out of Central Michigan. You know, the the – the kid from, from Austria, you know, the converted tight end, 245 pounds. Now he's bulked up. I think he's over 300 pounds now. Um, and, and just what he's done in such a short period of time at that, at that position, you know, he, he recruited, uh, you know, Paul, Paul Alexander, 
uh, to, to work with him from a technique standpoint. And he's, he's a guy to me that's going to be really intriguing as well. I just want to see from an athletic standpoint, he seems to be an easy mover, seems to move really well. He's another guy that I'm really excited to, to take a look at. Yeah, and I, I think that this this tackle class overall, it's it's underrated. There's some really strong depth there. So there, there's a ton of guys that are going to start to build up the their their draft stocks. And and Bernard Raymond had a little bit of a rough uh, week at the at the Senior Bowl, and he was a little bit inconsistent at times. But sure. uh, you know, strong testing day because he's he's tall, he's long, he's built like a tight end. I think that getting to see him in a tight shirt and shorts, you you might feel a little bit more confident about him. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think another intriguing storyline is going to really be that second tier of edge rushers. Uh, I think that fall into the late first, early second round range or your Arnold Epichetti, uh, you know, Kingsley, uh, Enoch Barre, Logan Hall, MyJ Sanders, Cameron Thomas. Um, you know, who do you think is the is really the one to watch there in, in that that second tier of edge rushers? Yeah, my, my Jay Sanders for me, I think fits that for the combine specifically fits that guy that is is really going to flash in the in these situations. He's a really good athlete, uh, you know, very he, he's going to be able to separate himself, I think, a little bit because of how athletic he is. And we know that he's fast. We know that he's quick. We know that he's explosive and getting to, to actually show that stuff at the combine is really going to help him. He's another guy who, who looked really good at the senior bowl at times and flashed some some really good looks um, in those one on one drills. But getting to see him test, I think that he's going to have a really fast 40 time because he's on the lighter side um, for for an edge rusher and going up against with, with trying to prove himself in that group. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think for me, Maji Sanders is probably the, the, the big one that I'm, I'm going to be locked in on. And then I mentioned Cameron Thomas. You know, to me, I think he's one of the probably the one of that bunch that has the most approved that the hamstring injury held him out of the senior bowl. I hope he actually gets a chance to test because that senior bowl, we really saw that as a as a platform for, you know, like you said, my Jay Sanders to, to have a good day, but or a good week. But then you got Jermaine uh, Johnson, the second uh, really ascending comfortably into that first round conversation after that performance there. Thomas, look, you know, we know he took up residency in opposing backfields with all the, the, the hurries, the sacks, the tackles for loss. We know about the handwork, the power, driving his man into the backfield, but he doesn't quite have the bend that some of the other prospects have at that edge rusher position. Um, what's your take on him? What type of athlete should we expect to see if he is able to test w- with that hamstring injury? Uh, with with Cameron Thomas, you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Cameron Thomas is maybe not as highly talked about in this group because of all these these big school guys and and, and how – you know how much attention we're getting from the, the players at the top, but coming from San Diego State, of course he's going to be he's going to be underrated considering all these big programs some of these guys are coming from. Uh, but you know I think Cameron Thomas could look pretty good, and he's getting to see what he does in these drills, and he's a bit of a heavier, longer edge rusher. So getting to prove that he's he's not too stiff at that two seventy, I think is is going to be important for him. Now, now the, the consensus uh, obviously at the cornerback position, we've got Derek Stingley. Andrew Booth Jr., Sauce Gardner, the top three. I think there's a debate as to who uh, the number one guy is. Um, and then there's really a traffic jam behind those three. Do you think we'll see someone emerge as as that fourth cornerback behind that, that group of three at the top? Yeah, I think Trent McDuffie not so much emerge as that, that next guy up, but is going to really help himself at the combine because he's really athletically gifted. This is a guy who's going to have really good jump. He's going to test really well in the 40 
And that's the, 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 the tricky thing with this, this corner class is that we have a sense of what the competition is for that cornerback one slot. And while there's going to be a battle going on for that, there's also a battle for who's going to be the other guys drafted in the first round, who's the next guy. And this is going to be time to prove who has the best athletic traits. And I think that, that we're going to start to get some real separation from getting to watch these guys perform. And specifically, McDuffie from Washington, uh, I think, is going to test fantastically. I, I'm still a bit underwhelmed by Roger McCreary because of how short-armed he is. Uh, and I, I think that stuff like that is going to – you see him, his arm length measured up compared to some of these other prospects that are going to be ahead of him. That might be enough to hurt him in this circumstance, even if he does look good. And he looked decent at the Senior Bowl, but length is a is a premier thing in a good corner. And, and you might look good against other college guys, but ha- not having that length going up against tall, long receivers is going to kill you in the NFL. So – being able to separate from them, I think I think Trent McDuffie for me is somebody who's going to push themselves up into that conversation. And I think length that corner that that's kind of a good segue. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype I think out of the the converted wide receiver Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. Um, you know, the length and the speed. Um, but I, I there's another guy I want to see a lot more of. Um, and you're an FCS guy. You've got your FCS podcast. So I think I'm asking the right person here. Um, you know, cause I want to see more uh, out of Zion McCollum out of San, mm-hmm. Sam Houston state, you know, another corner with length, excellent ball skills. W- what are your thoughts on, on McCollum a- as a player and what should we expect from him at the combine? Yeah. Zion McCollum was super high impact for a national championship winning team at Sam Houston. And he was a big reason why they had a ton of success. Now, I, I don't think that this is a, a Jeremy chin type transition to the NFL where chin stepped in and was this rare athlete that turns into this, this hybrid linebacker safety and was really high impact and was a a possible defensive rookie of the year candidate. Uh, I think McCollum's good. I think, I I think that he's a strong athlete. He did kind of disappear at times at the senior bowl for me. And I didn't really have crazy high expectations for him amongst the FCS group that was there participating but this is a day three guy, and I think he's going to be a quality rotational backup type player. Um, good traits and a you know, quality FCS type player that's maybe not necessarily going to be high impact, but just definitely a, a quality prospect. Leading me into kind of my, my next question, as far as the FCS group, who, who are kind of the, the, the top guys? We already mentioned Trevor Penning, uh, but who are some other guys at that FCS level that you really have, have your eye on? Um, and that you're really expecting to, to, to test well there at the combine. Yeah. Uh, first one being Christian Monson from North Dakota state, tall, long receiver. He showed that despite being on the taller side, he's got really, really good bend and ability to transition when making cuts in his routes, which is super rare for a player of that height. He's going to run in the four fours. He's going to be somebody that tests really well. And there's a reason why his stock is consistently rising. Troy Anderson from Montana state is another player who, Previously, a quarterback and a running back in his first few years at an All-American level ends up transitioning to linebacker, green to the position, but still highly dominant and able to lay the boom, be a high-impact player. Uh, I think Troy Anderson still looked – you could see those aspects of him being green at the Senior Bowl and him still kind of figuring out the position, but you know athletically he has exactly what you want for a a, 6'4 linebacker. He's somebody who I think – probably gonna be like a four or five guy at that size and is going to look like a a pretty explosive athlete. And then the other one 
the last one that I, I keep banging the table for is Pierre Strong Jr. from South Dakota State, who was probably the best, actually, I would argue the best FCS running back this past year, did not get the nod for uh, being in contention for the Walter Payton, which is the, the best FCS player, offensive player in the country, but he still was the best player on South Dakota State's offense. Big reason why they won some of the games that they did. He had some huge, high-impact runs. Does not get the Senior Bowl invite, which was surprising to me and a bit disappointing, but I think that he's starting to prove people wrong by not getting that invitation to the senior bowl. He made a really big, nice play um, at the East West shrine game that he participated in, but he's going to test well in those agility drills, not a super fast guy, more quicker than fast, but I still stand by that. I think Pierre strong is one of the gems at the running back position in this class has that James Robinson type Elijah Mitchell type guy written all over him. So I, I keep pushing for him and he's somebody that, I think all NFL fans should be paying attention to. It's interesting you said, said James Robinson because that's exactly the, the first name that came to mind yeah. when I thought of him. Um, you know, the, the running back class, it's not a stellar class. Um, what, what can we expect at that, that position? You know, I, I think it's one of those things, um, you know, whoever you talk to, whether it's Brees Hall, uh, Kenneth Walker, Kyron Williams at the top, um, you know, Isaiah Spiller, but it's kind of a difficult running back class to, to really figure out. There really isn't a guy that I think you can look at and say as a bell cow, but more of complimentary type backs more than anything else. Yeah, and I think that the NFL is, is slowly moving away from that bell cow, big name, superstar running back. And I know we've been saying that for so long, but like if you think about it now, there's really not that many guys. Like the only player that comes to mind is Derrick Henry and maybe like Najee Harris. Um, but like Derrick Henry was injured this year and, and how healthy can Najee Harris stay in his career? Teams want those step in for a couple of plays, rotate out for somebody else. That's why we're, we're not really getting an emphasis on running back. And I think over time we're getting less and less kids that want to play running back when they're in high school. And then they get to the next level. Everyone wants to be a receiver. And like Jalen Hurd did that when he transferred, uh, from Tennessee to, to, to Baylor he ends up moving to receiver. And I think we're getting a lot more of that, but this class kind of does fit exactly what you said. We've got a lot of different guys that have different skill sets that are going to get a bunch of them are going to get drafted on day two, day three. And some teams are going to get really good value out of that. You're going to get players like Kyron Williams, who can be a three down guy, but not necessarily, like you said, your, your, your um, uh, bell cow type guy, because he's not that big. You do have your Brees Halls and your Isaiah Spillers, guys that can provide an impact, but I think there shouldn't be an expectation that these players are going to be 30 carries a game. We just, we just don't have that, that need anymore in the NFL. Sure. And I think one of the deeper classes is really that, that tight end class. Um, you know, I think probably the, the, the sweet spot there is probably rounds three to five. That's probably the, mm -hmm. the sweet spot for that group. Um, who are, who are you looking forward to within that group? Who do you think is going to kind of step out? I, I know we have Trey McBride and, and, and Jalen Weidermeyer there at the top, but are there any other guys that you think might be able to sink their way in there at, at the top of that class? Yeah, especially in, with the combine coming up and who can perform well. Uh, I think Isaiah likely, or Greg Dulcich likely from coastal Carolina or Dulcich from UCLA, they are probably two of the more athletic guys in this class. And I, I think that being put in that position to test amongst the group is really going to help them. Likely somebody who people have been talking about for a while is just coming from a, a small school. And that's where that, that 
that question mark always comes from is, is how much stock do you put in a player that's coming from a small school? But I, I think both of them test really well in the four fives, the 40 and, and are going to look good in those drills. So both of them, I, I have pretty strong expectations for to look pretty good in this, in this, uh, this combine and this class. I think likely, what was it, that 90 plus yard touchdown reception that yeah. he had? I think that really kind of cemented his name on the, on the national stage. I think before that, People weren't really talking about him a whole lot, right. but that game, he really emerged as one of those, those vertical threats at that tight end position. Yeah, that, that big play definitely put him on the map. But for, for the draft thirds like me, we, we, we knew who likely was. And it's, it's always fun when you have somebody who you've been talking about for a while. And he actually even came on uh, the Draft Prospects show with Ryan a while back at the beginning of the season. So to see those guys succeed is, is always exciting. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of his. So I'm, I'm hoping that he does test well. Um, any closing thoughts, com- uh, combine wise before we go ahead and, and wrap things up? Uh, la- the only thing I'd close out with is, is please folks do not overreact to what happens at the combine. This is supposed to solidify predetermined, uh, evaluations on these guys. No Mike Mamula reactions, right? We, we can't, we, there's a, we, we, we're moving away from that. It, it's cool to get excited when somebody runs a four, two or a four, three, but take it with a grain of salt. It just helps us go back and look and check on guys that we maybe weren't fully aware of at the beginning of the cycle. And when the cycle started. All right. I think that about does it for now. You can follow Joe at Joe DeLeon on Twitter, catch him on the NFL draft prospects podcast and believe in FCS football podcast on the believe podcast network. Thanks so much for your time, Joe. Great talking with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. My thanks once again to Joe DeLeon for taking some time out to discuss the NFL Combine. And I'll tell you what, there are still some storylines that do need to be discussed. I think obviously we're going to start with that quarterback position. That's really where a lot of the storylines are going to end up. And no, we don't have five quarterbacks that are going to be taken in the top 15 picks like we had a season ago. And we don't have a bona fide number one quarterback like we did last year with Trevor Lawrence. But we do have three quarterbacks that we expect to come off the board in round one. Malik Willis out of Liberty. You know, this is a guy who is not just an athlete that's running around there and and throwing on the run. This guy has tremendous arm strength. The velocity, the ball just zips out of his hand, makes effortless throws down the football field. And you're going to see him gun some throws in and make some throws that really not a lot of quarterbacks were able to make. Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh made the right decision coming back to Pitt. And I'll tell you what, this guy, he's got that Joe Burrow type of swagger. That's really that confidence that you really want to see in your quarterback. And then Matt Corral out of Mississippi playing for Lane Kiffin. He's a little on the other side. side. You know, he's 6'1", only 205, has battled some injuries of late. But this is a guy, I really love the way that he stepped up as a leader, really taking those Rebels to the next level. But then after that, who's going to be the next quarterback to step up? You look at Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. You know, a guy who really elevated that program along with Luke Fickle. But there's some inconsistency to his game. Then there's Sam Howell out of North Carolina, a guy who, look, a season ago and really a couple of years ago, he had his running backs, he had his receivers, and he looked like uh, really the, the likely number one overall pick. This season, without those weapons, he struggled a little bit with some of the passing, some of that that consistency there again. But what you saw was a guy who was able to really work on 
his athleticism and his ability to run with the football. Sam Howell's intriguing, but the thing for me is I think you know he has that, that nice deep ball, throws a better deep ball than probably anybody in this draft. The, 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 the trajectory and the touch on those passes down the field, really where I worry is the consistency on those short to intermediate throws. And then there's Carson Strong. Is he a mobile quarterback or not? I think there's really a debate. Some people say he's a statue. Other people say that he was limited by that knee brace from, from an injury. 6'4", 215, has the arm strength, able to fit the ball into a tight window. I, I think those are really the three quarterbacks after our top three that we're going to have to take a look at and see who will emerge as that number four quarterback, a guy who could sneak into round one, but I think likely is going to end up being a, a second-round pick, possibly, to the Detroit Lions sitting there at the top of round two. Hey, they've got back-to-back picks. Why not go receiver and quarterback if Jared Goff is not the answer? Now, I said when I was talking to Joe that, that the running back class isn't really a stellar class. I think it's more so just from the standpoint that we don't have any running backs that we're counting the table for to be taken in the first couple of rounds. But there are a lot of guys in this in this draft class, and really I, I think it is deep in that late day two and into day three. And as Joe said, the running backs, there are a lot of guys that you can plug into the offense. You're going to have to be able to catch the football out of the backfield. We don't have those bell cows. And some of the guys that I'm really going to be excited to watch there, uh, I, I think Rashad White, um, you know, a, a guy who has tremendous hands. He's 6'2", 210 pounds, um, and, and a guy who not only does he does he catch the football well out of the backfield, but you love the speed. I'm really interested to see what his 40 time is going to be. Uh, Joe mentioned Pierre Strong. I'm a big fan of his as well. Uh, is Kenneth Walker what? Are we going to see in terms of, of his speed? You know, you, you know the balance, you know the body control and the vision, but really want to know, is there that next level, that top end speed? Where are we at there? That's something that I think is really going to be a, a question mark. Um, you know, Damian Pierce out of Florida, I'll tell you what, a guy that didn't have a ton of production with the Gators, 5'10", 215 pounds. This dude has a 705-pound squat. A- absolutely ridiculous. 37-inch vertical leap, very explosive. Could run in that 4-5 range. This dude is a virtual bowling ball, but he has all that athleticism, and it's going to be a lot of fun to really watch him um, at the combine and see how he tests with, with that as well. Um, you know, I-, I think when you look at some of the other guys, you, you want to see guys that are be able to catch the football out of the backfield make plays in the passing game. James Cook out of Georgia, 5'11", 190 pounds. Everyone talking about Zamir White, but I think James Cook really solidified himself as one of the better running backs in this draft class. But remember this name out of Cincinnati, Jerome Ford, 5'11", 220, you know, really had a breakout season for the Bearcats. And look, you know, Cincinnati, really, they were going to, uh, their success went as Jerome Ford did. When Jerome Ford had a big game, that took the pressure off Desmond Ritter and really allowed him to do what he does best. And I I think with Jerome Ford, this is a guy who can run with power between the tackles, has that home run speed to take the top off of a defense, and he can catch the football out of the backfield. To me, Jerome Ford is the sleeper in this running back class. Now, flipping gears, we're talking wide receivers next. And obviously, my guy, Drake London, I have him there at the top. I think after that, uh, with, with Chris Olave 
and, and Garrett Wilson. I think Wilson is probably your next guy off the board. I love Traylon Burks, who's 6'3", 220 pounds. Another physical freak. This is a dude, his hands are 10 and 3 quarters inches. Just imagine those type of hands catching the football. He's able to do things that a lot of guys are not really able to do. Uh Add that, you know, a 380-pound bench press. You know, this guy is going to really turn heads at the combine for sure. Uh, but there are a lot of other guys that I'm really curious to see how they test. We know that Danny Gray, look, 10'5", 900-meter guy, he's going to be in that 4'3 range. We know Valus Jones is going to be another guy that's going to test well with that speed. Bo Melton of Rutgers, 5'11", 195 pounds, not the biggest receiver. He's a day three guy, but very shifty, 4'3 speed. Good footwork, especially on his release. He'll be an interesting guy to watch, potentially move up some draft boards. Look, he was playing for for the Scarlet Knights. I know that they didn't always have the success that you're looking for, but you can't sleep on, on Bo Melton, especially as a, as a vertical threat for your passing game. Now, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan is another intriguing prospect. You know, uh, they had, you know Dwayne Eskridge was another guy that was coming out of there, the speed demon. Um, you know, with Sky Moore, 5'10", 195 pounds, I think he's, when, when you think about him, he's sudden. I think he's actually quicker than he is fast, but you watch the route running. Those are going to be some of the things to really keep an eye on at the co- at the combine. I'm really curious to see just how quickly this guy is and how explosive he is getting in and out of his breaks. What I watched on film and what you saw at, at some of the All-Star games, this dude can move, and, and I'll really be curious to see exactly how he stacks up. Uh, you know, and then there's Calvin Austin. The third out of Memphis. He's only five nine, a buck sixty two, little guy, but still that didn't keep him from getting back to back thousand yard receiving seasons, two pump returns for touchdown as well. Explosive, sudden, wins at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I think he still needs to work on his route running. That's one of the things that you definitely want to see um, at the combine with some of the routes. Um, but he's explosive. Want to see his his speed, his vertical speed as well. Um, Eric Azukama is is one of the bigger receivers. He and Jalen Tolbert are guys that I want to take a look at. And, and really, when you look at Azukama, a guy that's kind of flying under the radar, 6'3", 220 pounds. He put on about 20 pounds of muscle, and, and you know he grew into that body. He's If he runs sub 4 or 5, I think that's going to turn some heads. And then with Jalen Tolbert, another guy, there, there's talk that he might run in the low 4-4s four at, at 6'3", uh, and 190 pounds, that's going to really be interesting and intriguing as well at that wide receiver position. Now, on to the tight ends, and I'll tell you what, I, I think Joe and I were on the same page in terms of some of the guys that we're going to expect to see break out with, with Isaiah Likely, Greg Dulcich. I'm actually curious to see how Greg Dulcich looks in some of the blocking drills. I know about him and that, that vertical speed, his ability to be a home run threat up the seam, but I think Greg Dulcich is actually one of the better blockers. We've seen that, and that's something that I'm really looking forward to. I think with Cole Turner out of Nevada, 6'6", 240 pounds, he's a guy that we're, is well known for his ability to be a red zone threat um, and some of that, uh, his ability to contort his body in uh, in the passing attack, but he's really improved some of his blocking. I want to really kind of take a look at, at how that shakes out. Um, a, a couple of other guys that I'm really impressed with, Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State, 6'6", 255, more of a blocker. Want to see what he can do as a pass catcher. 
Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. I think he's an underrated uh, receiver there at Wisconsin. Wasn't always asked to do a lot, but man, when you threw that ball anywhere in the vicinity of Jake Ferguson, he was coming down with the football. I think he's going to be another guy that I think is going to test well. Cade Otten might be one of the more forgotten guys in this class. 6'5", 250 there out of Washington. He and then uh, Jeremy Rucker. Another athletic tight end, a guy who I think is going to put on a show with some of his hands, uh, some of those catches that he's going to show off. Um, And then finally, how about Jelani Woods out of Virginia, the Oklahoma State transfer, 6'7", 265 pounds. Easy mover for a guy that size. I think he's going to definitely be intriguing to watch for sure. Offensive line. We've already addressed some of the, the the movers and shakers here on the offensive line, but there are going to be some other guys that that we definitely need to pay attention to as well. And um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska, the center, six three, two hundred ninety pounds, another squat over seven hundred, you know, thirty four and a half inch vertical leap. This guy was a three time state champ in the shot put. Came to Nebraska as a 245-pound tight end, and now here he is, 6'3", 290 pounds. I think when you look at that center position after Tyler Linderbaum, we got to figure out who number two is going to be, and I really think that uh, Cam Jurgens can solidify himself maybe as number two. He's going to have to fight off Cole Strange out of Chattanooga, 6'4", 305, another guy who I think is an uh, – Really an easy mover, a guy that works well in space, has some long arms, uh, and he'll be an interesting guy to watch there as well. Um, you know, I, I know that Joe talked about Bernard Raymond struggling there at the Senior Bowl, but I still want to see what he looks like in some of those drills. I, I'm really excited for the, the prospects there. Look, he's only played the position for a couple of years. I think he'll be one of those developmental prospects that we're going to be talking about four years to come as a potential starter. Um, when you're also talking about some of the smaller school guys, you got to think about Matt Willetsko out of North North Dakota, Cordell Volson out of North uh, North Dakota State, both 6'7", both over 300 pounds. Uh, Willetsko has a little bit more uh, you know nastiness to his game, but what I like about Volson is he has that versatility to play both tackle and guard. I think he'll probably kick inside and have better success, while I think Willetsko will probably end up playing tackle at the next level. Keep an eye on the two of them. Max Mitchell out of Louisiana, the right tackle there, 6'6", 297. Like the footwork, want to see if he can continue to, to put on a show there at, at the Combine. Uh, Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, look, uh, you know, he – is best suited as a guard. He can fill in a tackle in a pinch. I thought we, you know, he showed off that he's a better pass blocker than people gave him credit for. And, you know, he just he likes to maul guys and beat people up on the inside. But I, I love the athleticism. A lot more athletic than I think anyone was really expecting to see out of him. Um, two other guys to, to make note of. Kellen Deesh out of Arizona State. Austin Deculus out of LSU. Now look, Deculus, going to be a day three guy. Probably won't test all that well, but... When you watch the tape, the run blocking ability is absolutely there. And then with Kellen Deesh, he's 6'7", 300, very light on his feet. But here's the thing with him. I I think what I really want to see is did he add any weight? I think he needs to really work on that lower body before he really can make an impact there at the next level. I'm going to transition to the defense. And when you look at the defense, we, we've talked about the the second wave of those those edge rushers, right? That's going to be the group that's going to be behind, uh, obviously, your your Aiden Hutchinson, uh, David Ojabo, George Karloftis, um, 
Jermaine Johnson and Travon Walker. And, you know, those are going to be guys that are going to – all of these guys are, are going to be putting on a show. That's the thing that's going to be really fun to watch is just how athletic and freakish these guys are. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson – you know, is a guy that could be running potentially in the four sixes. That's what people have been talking about. You know, which would be impressive for a guy who's six five and two hundred sixty five pounds. Karloftis, the water polo shot put uh, guy, but has a thirty seven inch vertical leap. Um, he's going to be someone to keep an eye out for. Obviously, with with some of the testing. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun taking a look at some of these guys. But there's some other guys to really keep in mind. Um, you know, Logan Hall. He's 6'6", 275 pounds, added 35 pounds in the last three years. Intriguing, intriguing, intriguing. Can he? Is he going to play inside? Is he going to be a five technique? I think there's some versatility there to his game. Um, and then when you start moving into uh, some of the day three considerations, how about Jeffrey Gunter out of Co- uh, Coastal Carolina? 6'4", 260 pounds, very athletic. They, they say he may have a, a 39-inch vertical leap, so he'll jump out of the building. But look, 17 sacks, 38.5 tackles for loss, very productive there for the Chanticleers. Um, he'll be a guy that I'm interested in watching. Uh, Neil Farrell Jr. out of LSU, 6'4", 319. He, he was pretty explosive getting into opponents' backfields. You know, and I, I want to see some of that short area quickness. Really, for him, it might be that 10-yard split. But I think he's a guy that could definitely move up uh, some draft boards. Same with a couple of guys in the SEC. You got Zach Carter out of Florida. You got Matthew Butler out of Tennessee. Both 6'4", about 285, 295, somewhere around there. These are guys that can get into backfields, be disruptive, and uh, can get after the quarterback. Um, so I'll be interested to see how those guys test. Uh, D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky, another guy who knows how to get after the quarterback. He's up to 6'4", 240 pounds. What is he going to weigh in at? I think that's really going to be a big question mark for me um, that, that may limit um, really that draft stock. But you know, it, it's one of those things to where if he can come in around that 250 range and still be very explosive with that bend that he has, and he can get nasty, he can actually get into the body of an offensive lineman and drive him back. I'm going to be interested to see how he shows up. Obviously, Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio, 6'4", 252. Um, you know, this guy, you know, he moves over to the defensive side of the football and, uh, you know, is just a tremendous athlete, freakish athlete. You're looking at possibly a 4'6 range, a guy with, uh, you know, an 82.5-inch wingspan, yet this dude can rep out 225 like nobody's, uh, nobody's business. And, you know, 34-inch vertical leap as well. You know, right in that range, he'll be a guy to watch out for for sure. Uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, what's interesting about him, and he's not a guy that we're talking about in day three, but I, I thought it would, uh, before we move on, talk about any other positions. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there are some people that are moving Kayvon Thibodeau down their draft board. This guy is one of the most explosive pass rushers in the draft, you know, and, and he shows not only the ability to bend coming off the edge and do whatever he wants when, when he gets there, but this is also a guy who also showed some power driving his man back into the backfield. And yes, if you run at him, he's not as effective in the running game than he is as a backside pursuit guy. But Thibodeau, I think he's going to test well. There are going to be some injury concerns, but if all of those check out, I think Thibodeau, you've got to include him in your top five. Um, one other guy to make a note of, um, you know, uh, it's going to be any Wazurike uh, there out of Iowa State, 6'6", 320 pounds. This is an interesting cat. You know, he's, he's a big dude, 
um, but can get after the quarterback. That interior pass rush, nine sacks in 2021. He'll be a guy that I want to look out for. Um, Alex Wright out of UAB, 6'7", 270 pounds, another edge rusher, 19 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks in his career. Um, and then obviously, you know, if you're talking about defensive linemen, you got to talk about Devontae Wyatt. They're on the inside, 6'3", uh, 315 pounds. There's talk he may run in the 4'8", which is absolutely freakish for a guy his size. And then if you're having you know the, the discussion about defensive tackles, not an incredibly deep group, but you have to talk about Travis Jones out of Connecticut as well. 6'4", 333 pounds, um, reps out 225, 32 times with an 82-and-a-half-inch wingspan, Quickness off the ball. Want to see what that, uh, you know, that 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 ten yard split is going to be. But this is this is a dude. He's incredibly powerful uh, in the middle of a defense and a guy that's going to you know be um, you know a potential starter early on in his career. And then one final guy, my number one defensive tackle is Jordan Davis, six six, three hundred forty pounds. What is that weight going to be? I know that's really the the big question mark is. Can he get that waiter under control? I'm telling you, uh, I've seen video on social media of this guy working and working hard, the incredibly quick feet in some of the drills. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he looks like in Indy because if Jordan Davis can really showcase himself, I think that draft stock moves up. And if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers and I'm sitting there at 17 and Jordan Davis is on the board, a team that struggled against the run, the worst rushing defense, you need to get Jordan Davis there in the middle, especially if he's proven to have that weight under control and be an explosive force. That was really my biggest concern was, was the weight going to be there? Where is he going to be at from an endurance standpoint? If he showcases and shows out at the combine, I think he solidifies himself right there in the top 20. Linebackers. We've got another group of incredible linebackers. And Joe touched on Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin, 6'2", 261. Just a, a tremendous athlete, a guy that you're going to see, you know, he can blitz off the edge a little bit, but a guy that you're also going to see shoot gaps and come downhill, come right at you blitzing uh, between the tackles. Uh, so he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. But there are a lot of other guys that are in this linebacker class that are going to be just as interesting. Darian Beavers out of Cincinnati, 6'4", 255, really has kind of a Zaven Collins vibe to me. Um, very versatile, a guy that can can bend the edge, come in, you know, rush in the passer, can, can pursue uh, the run sideline to sideline, has some coverage ability as well. I think you know he's a guy that's kind of flying under some radar a little bit. Um, he's definitely a guy that I enjoy watching play. Uh, Christian Harris out of Alabama, 6'2", 232. I really want to see what he looks like in uh, you know when he drops. You know, in, in coverage, I think that's where his biggest weakness is. We know what he can do coming downhill, but when he's asked to actually drop and, and play in coverage, I think that's where he gets lost a little bit. He'll be someone that'll be intriguing to watch. Obviously, you've got Devin Lloyd and N'Kobe Dean at the top of this group. I think Devin Lloyd is going to showcase why he's a – you know, one of the best athletes in this draft and why he should be a top 10 pick. Look, 6'3", 235 pounds, a converted safety, a guy that can play on the back end if you needed him to, sideline to sideline uh, athleticism, a guy that can play in the box against the run. He'll put his hand in the dirt if you need him to, rushing the passer, can also bend coming off the edge uh, as a stand-up rusher, drops into coverage very well. 
I think Devin Lloyd is really going to separate himself and be that number one linebacker. But N'Kobe Dean, arguably the best blitzing linebacker in the country, um, sideline to sideline ability. I think what hurts him is that size, six foot. Is he six foot? That's really where we're going to see some of the measurables. 225 pounds. Chad Muma, 6'3", 242. Not quite on the level of Logan Wilson, uh, a cowboy that came out a couple of years ago who had a great Super Bowl. Um, you know, And look, when you talk about uh, Chad Muma, sideline to sideline ability, ability to rush the passer a little bit, shows off some pretty decent cover skills. He'll be a, an intriguing guy to, to keep an eye out for. Obviously, you've got Channing Tindall and Quay Walker, uh, the, the Georgia guys. I think they'll test very well. Brandon Smith out of Penn State's another guy. Uh, keep an eye out for him. Potentially leap out of the building from a linebacker standpoint. 6'3", 241 pounds. Um, so those are some guys that I think will definitely test very well. Um, I, I think Damone Clark of LSU has a chance to test well. Uh, 6'3", 245. There's talk he may run in that 4'5 range, which I think would be incredible for a guy his size. Keep an eye out for him. Um, look, there's some other guys that that aren't getting the love that I, I think we do need to talk about. How about a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez out of Oklahoma State? 5'11", 225. He's an undersized linebacker, but he's a converted safety. This is a guy who had over 400 tackles in his career with the Cowboys. Seven and a half sacks, 32 tackles for loss. You know, a, a guy who you know, he had a, 129 tackles just in 2021. Uh, all-American season. This is a guy who just continues to get better and better and a guy who may not be an impact player right away, but I think someone who's definitely going to make a roster and be a special teams ace, if nothing else. Uh, DeMarco Jackson out of Appalachian State is another intriguing guy to me. Uh, 6'1", 230 pounds, um, 119 tackles in 2021, 20 going for loss, 6 sacks, can drop into coverage a little bit. He'll be very intriguing. Um, for sure, but I think maybe one of the guys to steal the show, if it's not Jermaine Johnson the second out of Florida State, you know we know freakish a- athlete, the length, but a guy who's going to test very well, especially in the 40. It, th- that guy is going to be Boye Mafe um, out of Minnesota, 6'4", 265. Uh, there's talk that he may run sub 4'6", and may leap over 40 inches. I think you know, jaws are going to drop. He may solidify himself. As a day two pick, a guy that definitely knows how to get after the passer. And then finally, we move on to the defensive backs. And as we talked earlier, we know that the cornerback position is going to be showcased by who else? Derek Stingley and uh, Andrew Booth and Sauce Gardner. Um, and I agree with Joe when he when he said that you know the the number four guy to really emerge is going to be Trent McDuffie. Although I'm looking at Kyler Gordon, his teammate there, I think you're going to see both uh, put on a show in terms of that explosiveness. Um, want to see some of the bigger corners. I had already mentioned uh, uh, Zion uh, McCollum there out of Sam Houston State. But how about a guy like Cam, uh, Cam Taylor Britt? He's 6'205", a guy that, that reportedly is going to jump out of the building as well. He's going to be somebody that I want to keep an eye out on. Um, Kobe Bryant, the, the Jim Thorpe Award winner, this is a guy, look, you know, five interceptions, uh, you know, a, a guy that knows how to make plays on the football. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be intriguing for sure, um, you know, with this cornerback class. Um, a, a lot of guys, look, um, you know, I, I remember when Amari Wazirike came out of uh, Penn State a few years ago. Um, you know, I look at, at Tariq uh, Castro-Fields, reminds me a lot of him. 
Um, so he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for there in that day three discussion. Um, and, and Kyir Elam out of Florida kind of fallen off from the, the talk as one of the top corners. And I really don't know why. 6'2", 196 pounds, very physical. You see the ball skills as well. A guy that can be very sticky in man coverage. I, I think he's a guy that definitely is going to be looking to reestablish himself as one of the guys to watch in that uh, cornerback class. Um, and then when we turn to the safety position, safeties, uh, there are a lot of safeties that, that I'm excited to watch. Uh, I'm a big Jaquan Brisker fan, 6'1", 200, uh, 200 pounds, a guy who's going to be very explosive. Want to see, you know, when, when you talk safeties, you don't want them to be very stiff-hipped. And that's one of the things I really want to see in some of these drills, some of the shuttles. Can, you know, what's this change of direction going to be like? Can he drop into coverage? This is a guy that can play up on the line of scrimmage. I think he has the range to be able to play sideline to sideline. A guy that can play over the top, shows off a little bit of coverage skills. He's going to be a fun guy to watch, as is uh, Daxton Hill. Six foot, 192. Now, this is another guy who can definitely be uh, a cover guy. If you ask him to be a guy that can play behind the line of scrimmage, reminds me a little bit of the Honey Badger. Um, I'm really interested to see how Daxon Hill tests. You know, really want to see what uh, you know what he measures in at um, because I, I feel like you know is he six foot or are we going to see him come in a little bit under that. Um, obviously, Jalen Petrie, another guy that we have to keep an eye out for. Another guy that reminds you a lot of the Honey Badger. Very active, 196 tackles in his career there with the Baylor Bears. 36 of those behind the line of scrimmage can get after the quarterback a little bit with those eight sacks. You know, one of the things that he does need to do is just work on being a little bit more under control. Doesn't always break down. There are some of those missed tackles when he's coming forward. You love what he can do in coverage as well, though. Four interceptions, 10 pass breakups, four forced fumbles. This guy is just a playmaker with a nose for the football. I think Really, what you're looking at with Petrie is he's a lock to be uh, uh, taken in the first two rounds of the draft. Um, when, when you're talking about other safeties to keep an eye out for, small school guy Tyson Anderson out of Toledo, 6'2", 210, going to put on a, a show with the athleticism, 4'4", 540 guy, uh, 16 pass breakups in his career, definitely has those ball skills. Um, I want to throw out a name that people really aren't talking about because he's kind of a linebacker-safety hybrid, but he reminds me a lot of a former Iowa Hawkeye. Um, and, and that's Dame Belton. They're out of Iowa. Look, 6'1", 205, similar size to Amani Hooker. And Amani Hooker really has taken off there with the Tennessee Titans. And I think Dame Belton's a similar type of player. Five interceptions, sat, uh, seven pass breakups, really kind of playing that hybrid position. I think Dame Belton's one of those guys. He'll be a day three guy, but a guy that we could be talking about as one of the steals of this draft because he's starting uh, somewhere in the league uh, within the next couple of years. Obviously, a guy that we're going to be talking about is Lewis Seen, 6'1", 200, physical guy, also have 14 pass breakups on the back end of the defense. Nick Cross of Maryland, 6'1", 210, um, a, a guy who can be physical, um, a, a guy that can come up in – uh, and run support if you need him to. Um, I'm really excited to see what Nick Cross can do. Um, is he fluid, uh, a fluid athlete that I'm expecting him to be? That's something that obviously you know, is going to keep everybody's eyes. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois, he's really looked good in a lot of these the, the pre-draft, especially with, with some of the all-star games. Um, Want to see 
if he can continue that momentum to help drive that draft stock up a little bit more. Um, I thought Rob McKinley to this point has been a little up and down with, with what he's been doing um, at the All-Star Games. 5'11", 194 pounds. 5'11 of him might be a little generous. 11 interceptions, 10 pass breakups. Very instinctive. That's one of the things that I will say. When he's playing on the back end, instinctive, reads the quarterback, breaks on the football, no wasted motion. Uh, but if you ask him to actually line up and cover, that's where he can get himself into trouble a little bit. Inconsistency there. That could hurt his draft stock. Um, so obviously there, um, you know, quite a few safeties that you're going to have to tune in and, and keep an eye out for, for sure. And then if we're talking about the specialists, you can't forget the specialists, you know, especially when you look at what Evan McPherson has done for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think the first guy to really talk about is a punter out of San Diego State, and that that's Matt Ariza. He handled double duty there for the Aztecs, but look, we know he's going to be a punter. This is a guy that people didn't, want to move away from the TV when this guy was punting. It was must-see TV because you just wanted to see how far this guy could boot the football. 85-yard punts, and this guy just had a missile for a leg. Ray Guy Award winner for a reason. This is a guy, if you're looking for a punter who can really change field position, I think Matt Ariza is going to be your guy. Uh, if you're talking about kickers, I think obviously Cade York is probably at the top of your list. Um, when, when you're talking about kickers, this is a guy um, you know who could have won uh, the Lou Groza Award this past season. Um, you know, completed all 39 of his extra points. When you look at the field goals, again over 83%. Um, you know, from that standpoint, 81.8% on his field goals in his career there at LSU. Tremendous leg, can kick it a long way, 50-plus yards. I think he's probably the most accurate of the kickers. I think if we are going to see a kicker that's drafted, um, it's probably going to be Cade York first and foremost. From the punter standpoint, you've got Matt Ariza. I think you could also see a couple of those other guys come off the list, including uh, Jake Camarda, who just seems to launch balls there for Georgia. Gabe Burkich out of OU. This was another guy who I thought was incredibly consistent. He really struggled down the stretch for the Sooners, and I think some of that inconsistency may really hurt his draft stock and the chances of him actually getting drafted. But you know, there are a couple of guys to get excited about when you're talking about the specialists. And I'd be remiss if we're talking about specialists if I didn't mention uh, the, the return man extraordinaire, and that's Marcus Jones, the all-purpose uh, back of all all-purpose backs, 5'8", 185 pounds, a corner for Houston. But I think everybody knows Marcus Jones as the kick returner, pump returner, and and for good reason. This guy is so explosive and sudden. This is a guy who has six kickoff returns for touchdown and another three pump returns. That's right, nine returns for touchdown in his collegiate career. I think that in and of itself is going to get Marcus Jones drafted probably um, you know, towards the early end of day three. But when you look at him as well, nine interceptions, 31 pass breakups, including 13 this past season. And look, yeah, you're going to worry about the size a little bit. He's 5'8", 185 pounds, but the guy is just so darn explosive. He's one of those guys that you just want to have on your roster. And it's not just to be a return man. I think he can make an impact at corner as well. Um, so those are the guys and the storylines that I'm going to be taking a look at. 
when we watch the Combine next week. My thanks once again to Joe DeLeon for stopping by. And tune in next week as we'll have some more content as the NFL Combine takes place. And then we'll be looking ahead to another mock draft in advance of free agency, which starts on March 16th. After that, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of shuffling around, really trying to figure out where the best fits are going to be. Look, we're well into the pre-draft process. It's a lot of fun, and it's just going to get more and more exciting as we lead up to the NFL Draft in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'll be here every step of the way, and I hope you tune in, listen to some content. So for ReadyForTheDraft.com, this has been the Ready For The Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone, and until next time, I am out of here.